0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Freckled Foodie and Friends, a podcast focused on making healthy living approachable, hosted by yours truly, Cameron Rogers. Are you curious what all this CBD talk is about? I have found the brand for you. Today's episode is sponsored by Beam. If you listen to past episodes or you follow me on Instagram, you already know about this. But if you haven't, let me give you a little insight. It's a third-party tested, THC-free, full-spectrum CBD. You can use the lotion, tincture, or consume the bars to get just the amount of CBD you need. Check out their website, beamtlc.com. That's B-E-A-M-T-L-C.com. And use code FRECKLEDFOODIE15 for 15% off the entire site. Good morning, everyone. We're at Samsung 837 in the heart of the meatpacking. And for those who know me and follow my Instagram, know my obsession with ice cream runs very deep, so much so that I have ice cream chocolate like every big part of my life. Um, But my true obsession is Van Leeuwen. So I'm really, really fucking excited. We have one of the founders, Ben on. Ben, thank you so much for coming.
1: Sure. Thanks for having me.
0: Of course. I, th- I feel like such a fangirl, and I usually don't ever feel this way with guests I have on. I feel like I have like, some really kick-ass people. But yeah. ice cream is my vice like every day, and you guys are my favorite of all time. Awesome. So Thank I you. I am constantly talking about you on my Instagram. You have
1: good taste. You, you get it.
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, so to kick it off, how would you define success? We dive right in. <laughs> how would i define success
1: in business or life
0: both or either
1: huh um I, in life i would define i would define success as being content
0: mm-hmm. in
1: life so being happy yeah um in business um i mean success is defined as uh, profitability in business generally. So
0: Generally, yeah. yeah. Do you feel that way? Like I, That's something I talk about a lot on here yeah. because it's always the number one. And it's actually been very interesting because when I have females on, majority are like, well, you know, we're supposed to define it by money and all this stuff. That's what America has decided. But, and the men seem to have more of a generalized, like it's not all about money, but let's be real, money plays a large role of it. And I think with a company, I mean it's yeah. If you're defining a company's success, profitability well, yeah. has to exist in order for you to continue the business.
1: I mean, being an entrepreneur, success in life and business is intertwined. I, I guess Agreed. It, it, in anything, your job is gonna have to do with how you f- whether or not you yeah. feel successful. But I would also define success for me personally mm-hmm. as creating a business that. Makes me excited. Um, yeah, it's very easy to do that with ice cream. We're serving people <laughs> something true. that has no utility other than making them feel really good and happy.
0: Mm-hmm. That's that's so interesting because you are serving them like a spoonful of joy,
1: happiness. Yeah, yeah that's what. But ice cream not all
0: is. ice cream does that.
1: No, not all ice cream does.
0: Not that. especially not as well as you guys.
1: And I mean we. Th- We talk about deliciousness as not only being how you feel after the first bite or as you're finishing the Mm -hmm. food, but how you feel after you've eaten the food um, and really how you feel kind of throughout your life in the way that food affects you. So we use very few ingredients in the ice cream, Mm -hmm. obsessively source our flavoring ingredients like pistachios from Bronte and chocolate from Michelle Coelzeau and hazelnuts from Piedmont um northwest totem strawberries from oregon and so w- when we're thinking about sort of deliciousness and health we you can't just look at the nutritionals Definitely nutritionals agreed. are one part of it but you have mm-hmm. to you know look at the not not only how clean the ingredients are but how good it tastes so mm-hmm. we think a lot about um happiness because that's what we're selling yeah. and something really really delicious is going to make you more happy we found that sourcing extraordinary ingredients mm-hmm. that always happen to have really cool stories and a positive, more positive social and environmental impact mm-hmm. make the food more delicious. So it's really cool. It's a win-win.
0: You're also giving people a story behind something they're consuming, which I always mm-hmm. think is great. You know, like you're telling them the background information which then just brings a whole other element to the table. And I think from eating so much of your guys' ice cream, my taste buds have changed a lot when it comes to ice cream in like a great way where I just have really high standards. And there's this ice cream place at the shore that I grew up obsessed with and like was my live, breathe, like die hard fan. And now when I eat it, I'm like, this just tastes so fake. Like th- I think that's the main difference. Your ice cream tastes... A, so unique, but also so, like, exquisite and clean, if that makes sense. I don't know. Um, Could you give us the background of how the company was – I mean, I know, like, the brief version, but how it was founded and all of that?
1: Sure. How Van Leeuwen was founded. So, in a way, it started when I was a senior in high school looking for a summer job. I saw an ad in the paper that said, drive an ice cream truck, earn 500 bucks a week. Two months later, yeah, pretty, I mean, at that age, that amount of money was very exciting to me. Um, Two months later, I had rented a good humor ice cream truck, Mm -hmm. the old-fashioned ice cream trucks that sell um, very medium or low-quality pre-packaged ice cream, Mm -hmm. and I drove around the streets of Connecticut where I grew up selling these ice cream bars, and I did that for two summers after the second summer, I had gone, I had done one year of college, and I didn't want to go back to college. Okay. I wanted to travel, so I saved up a lot of or a lot of money for a kid mm-hmm. driving this ice cream truck from May to October, and bought a ticket to Italy, just one way, and was going to travel as long as the money that would sounds last heavenly. me. It was really exciting. I, I was just young. came back
0: it was, from Italy, and it,
1: it was magical. The food like, is really unreal. good.
0: The food was so fucking good. I did not want to come home. <laughs>
1: and um i spent i spent all of my money mm-hmm. which lasted me 9 months and That's i traveled to europe and southeast asia and then back to europe and
0: you can cough it's okay
1: and what was most exciting to me about this trip because i hadn't left the country before and grew up in connecticut you know mm-hmm. i traveled around the yeah. around the us but was the food and how how normal good food was there. So in Italy and Spain and France and most of Southeast Asia, good food wasn't something special. There mm-hmm. weren't foodies. There were just humans who lived there who cared yeah. about what they ate. Yep. And I don't know if I realized it then, but that that sort of the accessibility of great food, yeah. the sort of normalization of great food, which I just does not exist moment. in the U.S.
0: No, and I, I, we were gone for a total of like, I guess, two weeks. And... We went to um, Florence and Montepulciano and Cortona, and then we went over to London. And I came home, and I was like, "There's no stress on what people are eating in the sense of labels like oh, gluten free, paleo, dairy free, whatever. There's no sense and stress of eating quote unquote clean and dieting. They're just eating good fucking food in season, and that's just the mm-hmm. normal. Yeah. Like there's, there's no." overthinking food because it's just the norm. And it's not some like thing that people are limiting. It's a desired act and it's a family time and it's a fun experience. And it was just so interesting to compare to what we're used to in the States. And the food was also just 20 times better, which was even more frustrating. Like it was amazing, but it was even more frustrating coming home.
1: And understanding sourcing and where things come from there and varieties. Again, it's not an abnormal or sort of snobby
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, characteristic. It just is. People sort of yeah. know that and that's normal in that culture. Definitely. Um, so had this great travel experience, mm-hmm. um, had a lot of great eating experiences. Um, I had always been really sensitive to food and taste, like even growing up. My family was... Into food, but, you know, this is the 80s. Like, being into food then isn't the way being into food now is. So my parents were pretty good cooks, but, you know, there was no talk of where the meat was from or whether the vegetables were organic or not. You know, it was more about the process, less about Mm -hmm. the sourcing. So recipes, um, techniques. Um, So as I grew up and had freedom completely over what I ate, Mm -hmm. I particularly traveling. And then when I came back here, you know, sought out really great food experience and great products. And those products and those experiences would make me really happy, like truly happy. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, a good meal might like make me happy for days on end. I was like, that is so cool. And you (laughs) learn about how it's produced and where the ingredients are from. And I ended up finishing college and wasn't sure what I was going to do. My grades weren't that good. I had a 2.9 GPA. Um, I was i i'm I love learning, but um School's I wasn't that good at like sitting in a classroom um and I called or I talked to my sister who worked at Goldman Sachs and went on to start her own firm and I said, jenny um I'm finishing up college I'd like a job in in your industry, please something very <laughs> high paying and you know no internships, not great grades that wasn't possible, but after an informal meeting with a friend that she mm-hmm. set up for me, I was walking around bryant park it was a unseasonably warm day in April, there was a Mr. Softy truck there. And I looked at the truck and I thought, huh, why is no one doing really good ice cream off of a truck? Mm -hmm. And that was the birth of the idea. Um, I called Laura, my girlfriend in Australia at the time, who's still my best friend and business partner, Mm -hmm. and my brother Peter, who is living in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. And I said, guys, do you want to start an ice cream truck? They said yes, and that was the birth of the idea. Wow. Um, it, it didn't even feel like an idea. I was like, I'm doing this hundred percent. Yeah. It seemed really obvious too. It wasn't like a
0: I agree. Crazy
1: genius idea. It was like, wait, there's ice cream trucks everywhere. People in New York have lots of money and want to eat the best of everything. Why aren't we mm-hmm. using that accessible distribution model to bring ice cream to people? Um
0: And I have a question real quick. <clears throat> yeah. At this time, like now I feel like um like small batch artisanal ice cream is very quote unquote trendy. And I would think that you're you guys are one of the pioneers of that movement, but was that that wasn't like a thing at this time, right?
1: Um no, that wasn't a thing. There were yeah. very few um cuz this is what 2008? The, yeah, the, there there were, there were very f- in 2008 there were very yeah. few small ice cream makers that were also going for artisanal ingredients. That's what I figured. Um, now, there's a lot of small ice cream mm-hmm. makers. Um,
0: ice cream's very hot right now.
1: It is. Really? Um, I like, don't even know why. walking it's the trade shows, it's like e- yeah.
0: everything is ice cream. I mean, I love that, but it's very hot right now. <laughs> so, you called them.
1: So, I called them. We were going to do it, and it never felt like an idea. Yeah, we were just, we were sure we were going to yeah. do it. And the idea was to buy ice cream and sell it off the truck because we had never made ice cream before. Yeah quickly we realized there was nothing on the market that matched our vision or certainly nothing on the market that we could buy that Mm -hmm. matched our vision. Maybe there were some small producers somewhere, but how can they supply ice cream to New York? Um, So what our vision was, was using as few ingredients as possible. So milk, Mm -hmm. cream, organic egg yolks, cane sugar, and then obsessively sourcing the best chocolates, fruits, nuts, spices, vanillas, um, because I love to cook. And if I cooked using better ingredients, made more delicious food.
0: Absolutely. Um, And I
1: was so excited that this didn't exist, that the description of sourcing, you know, on the Haagen-Dazs website, you know, ended with, we use Belgium chocolate. Um, You know, (laughs) not a put-down there. I like Haagen-Dazs, but um, I was like, wait, where is the farm? How is it fermented? Mm -hmm. How are the beans dried? How are they roasted? Um, And all of those little details are what make You know, the difference difference. between, you know, good food and exceptional food or incredible food. So we started sourcing um, the first, but we had to test it home first. So I'd never made ice cream. I had the Bouchon cookbook from Thomas Keller, and there was a creme anglaise recipe in there for vanilla ice cream. I made that. It was really easy. Um, And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is better than almost any ice cream I've ever had. And -hmm. you can put it in a freezer and it's preserved. So that was sort of the moment we realized wow, this can be really accessible. You don't need to use stabilizers. Yeah. Um, you don't have spoilage because it's frozen. Um, so we started testing. We found the pistachios from Sicily. We found the Michelle Cluzel chocolate, which is mostly sourced from Biodynamic mm-hmm. Farms. It makes the best um,
0: vegan dark chocolate ice so cream in the world. It's
1: so good. Oh, the vegan dark chocolate. That's yeah. my favorite. Yeah. It's awesome. Um also the vegan rocky road is really good. It's a slightly different I can't have that one cuz it has
0: gluten in it. Right? No. The I rocky road is
1: marshmallows, like... walnuts and chocolate chips. Oh wow. But the Never mind. Yeah. So you could have. are you vegan?
0: Um no, but I just really oh. love your guys vegan like ice cream. I joke. I was lactose intolerant <clears throat> as a child, but I ate my way out of lactose intolerance with ice cream. Like oh, wow. my mom would purposely not serve me dairy and I would sneak out of my room and eat like a pint of ice cream.
1: And now you're not. And then
0: I would all night be crying and like after, it was this weird. I think all a lot of it was also like my digestive issues are a lot of anxiety stress related. So I think a lot of it was maybe like a scream for attention because I was a middle child. So then like all night I had my mom like taking care of me and I would like take a warm bath and eat cinnamon w- go waffles. <laughs> it was a weird situation. <laughs> but... Now, no, I'm fine. I just love the vegan ice cream. Like I notice a small difference in how my body reacts if I'm eating dairy mm-hmm. versus not. So with you guys, I'm like, Well, I love the vegan, so why not? Yeah, just
1: and eat the when vegan? we created the vegan, we wanted it to be the goal was to make ice cream that was just as good as yeah all the other ice creams. I remember
0: you made. I read something where it was like we wanted to create an ice cream that was really good and happened to be vegan.
1: Exactly, yeah. We weren't trying to make good vegan ice cream, yeah. we were trying to continue making good ice exactly. cream.
0: Exactly. So. Um, and it's really
1: easy with plant fats. You know, we're yeah. using cocoa butter, raw coconut oil, or it's not raw after we pasteurize mm-hmm. it, but very high quality extra virgin coconut oil, coconut cream, cashews. So our vegan ice cream is the highest fat and highest solids vegan ice cream on the market. So you get the creaminess and you get the chew. It's
0: so creamy.
1: Um, yeah. So it's we, so creamy. I, I've actually, this week, it's really weird. I've been more into the vegan ice cream than the dairy. I usually like the dairy more, but mm-hmm. I think I've switched. Because I've tried to cut back on dairy, so maybe I'm losing so my taste for
0: it. I have so many qu- – wait, I, I want to continue the story, and then I have 10,000 questions for you. So you started the truck. So, Fast forward a little. So
1: the idea was for the truck. We started testing yeah. at home um, milk, cream, sugar, eggs, the m- best ingredients we could find. Um, we bought a used post office truck on eBay for – I think we well, bought two, but one was – Cheapest one was $2,500. The other one was $5,000. <laughs> they were from 1988. Oh we retrofitted gosh. them into ice cream trucks, you know, went to the auto body shop and painted different swaths of yellow on the side and said, that's that the Van and yellow. Um, designed a logo and printed decals, put the decals on the truck, loaded it up with ice cream and, you know, hit the road. And this was after, of course, raising money. You need money to start a yeah. business. So we wrote a business plan, um... And I wrote a sort of three-quarter page business plan. Mm-hmm. I spent 45 minutes on it. Um, it said, Dad, you know, I've told you about this idea. Mm-hmm. Let's get lunch. Dad, this is my business plan. Can I please borrow $150,000? He's like, Ben, I don't have $150,000. <laughs> and this is a horrible business plan. Business plans are 80 pages long. I was like, oh, my God, this is so annoying. I don't want to have to do this. <laughs> but, world. you know, I ended up writing the 80-page business yeah. plan, financials and all that stuff. Um, insurance and did um, you get outside investment? We did. We well outside okay. investment. We As raised like sixty thousand bucks from friends and family. Okay. So investments were between five and fifteen thousand mm-hmm. um, dollars. So we started a food retail business in New York with sixty thousand dollars in two thousand eight, and we did our first um, real fu- fundraising. I always forget the terms for this finance stuff. Institutional money, mm-hmm. Series A. Yeah, we did that in two thousand eighteen. So we went 10 years off the $60,000, made it to, I think, 13 stores, um, trucks in New York and L.A., lots of grocery stores. And and that we're really proud of. And it created a a really scrappy culture among my partners and I and now a bigger organization. So
0: were Laura and Pete working different jobs that they then left to help you run this full time?
1: Um, So when we started, I mean, we all were just doing Van Leeuwen, but- Laura was in Australia working in um, large scale, like brand activation events. And Peter was a musician uh, okay. doing sort of odd jobs, art handling um, mostly and selling vodka. Mm-hmm. So we all, every, they both quit their jobs to do this. And is
0: Peter older or younger than Peter's you? Peter's older than me. Okay, I'm just curious. Yeah. So I would say now that you guys are a name that everyone knows, unless I live in an alternate universe, but I really feel that way. Especially big cities. Big cities, I think, you guys are not ice cream name that everyone knows. So that's incredible to grow that quickly. But I also think that the expansion is something I'm so interested by because you started with the truck. When was the first store?
1: First store was two years after we started the truck, so 2010.
0: And which one is the first storefront?
1: It's in Greenpoint, Brooklyn.
0: Okay. I don't know if I've actually been to that one. I've hit a lot of them up. Um... But now, you guys recently just opened a ton. So now how many stores are we at?
1: We have 22 (laughs) stores.
0: And more to come?
1: And more to come.
0: And what cities are you guys in?
1: Um, Right now, we're in New York City, Los Angeles, Montauk, New York, and opening soon in New Jersey. What? Where in New Jersey? At the American Dream Mall. It's a mall with... water park, a ski oh my, slope. Where is that in Jersey? Do you know? Near, in the Meadowlands.
0: Okay. Oh, so. so like near the stadium. Got it. Um, I'm from New Jersey. That's why Ooh. I just got so excited. If you were going to say Jersey Shore, I would have lost my shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so now to the ice cream <clears throat> aspect. My first question is how much ice cream do you actually eat now that you're like are running a company like this? Because I would eat a pint a day, I think.
1: I eat way too much ice cream.
0: Well, because are you testing? Are you behind the brain behind like the seasonal flavors?
1: Yeah, so, I, so I'm in charge of all research and development and okay. just general product development in the sense that we're constantly trying to make everything better. So not only testing new flavors, but testing new methods, testing okay. slight tweaks in formulation, testing new processes in the production room. Um, so I eat a lot of ice cream. Um, yeah. I'm trying to cut back though. So I, exercise, I exercise, <laughs> exercise a lot in order a lot, yeah. to not be that unhealthy eating so much ice cream. Okay,
0: that's fair. I mean, it's business, so what can you do? It's research. Yeah. <laughs> um, but
1: probably um, like four pints a week. So Okay,
0: so not well, I mean, like not awful, honestly. Yeah,
1: but still a good amount.
0: And what's your favorite ice cream flavor that you guys have ever produced?
1: Um, I go back and forth on that a lot, but... This week actually my favorite ice cream flavor is the vegan rocky road. So okay. Cashew so we'll milk, to go get coconut it. cream, chocolate, candied walnuts, chocolate chips from Askinosie, chocolate and vegan marshmallows.
0: And what's the other one you go back and forth on? Or it's um, like always changing. It's like picking one your favorite child.
1: Is The honeycomb is really good. Yeah. It's our our bestseller, actually. I I read that, too,
0: which is kind of surprising to me.
1: So it's a sweet cream base. So milk, cream, organic eggs, cane sugar, a little bit of vanilla. Mm -hmm. And then we take organic brown rice syrup and caramelize it and add some sodium bicarbonate. It puffs up. So it's like a hard caramel candy that's aerated and crunchy. And we fold it into the ice cream. And it mostly melts, but sometimes... Um, not all of it is does. a little bit chewy mm-hmm. and so you have ribbons of this like awesome organic brown rice caramel um very it's very health food sounding my f- yeah no rice. it's really
0: good my favorite all time <clears throat> i am a constant consumer of your guys dark chocolate and i love the mint chip recently the strawberry jam is a big hit in my world
1: that's our number one vegan seller the it strawberry
0: is jam so fucking caramel. good i got a pint yeah. last night i was I was very hungover yesterday. Awesome. We had a really long night at Blue Hill on Saturday and wow, it was cool. a, it was I'm not that bougie. My friend we had a gift uh-huh. card from our wedding. Um, I was so hungover and all I wanted was ice cream and the end of the day came around and I hadn't gotten it yet. And so I have all these family gift cards. And I was like, okay, I need to go, but I'm just really lazy right now. So I it a pint of the strawberry awesome. jam and it was delicious. But my favorite of all time was this seasonal flavor that I think I've said to I've like told someone within mm. the company, like, can we make this permanent? It was like the oat milk cookies and cream situation. It was two the seasons oat ago, milk I think. caramel cookie? You, maybe. It so was... the oat milk
1: caramel cookie is going to be part of our permanent oat milk Okay, pipeline. this is the best so, news yeah. ever. Thank you so much Coming for making my dreams come weeks. true. Because
0: yeah. <laughs> that was so good. My sister and I went and got like five pints just awesome. to keep it in our freezer. Um, so what has been, do you think, the hardest challenge for the company growing from like just an ice cream truck, not just an ice cream truck, but an ice cream truck to now having so many brick and mortar locations.
1: I think that our biggest challenge is a common challenge when you're growing any business, but it's um, execution. So as founders, originally you're the ones with the vision and you bring other people onto the team and then hopefully they share that vision. Mm -hmm but as you grow the organization gets bigger and bigger so yeah. it's the the challenge is sort of managing the team and getting people excited and getting everybody on board on board with the vision and executing yeah. that vision which to us is giving people an extraordinary experience so serving ice cream in a really nice environment mm-hmm. in a really friendly way and making people happy um, so challenge it's challenging to scale that experience
0: definitely and I think it's also hard to ever give up an aspect of control when it, it's your baby with hiring people. That's how I feel. Maybe yeah. you don't feel that way.
1: I don't. I, no. I don't know. Maybe. That's great. I mean, I don't know if I am that way. but No, but that's actually, like I, I
0: think, the way. most beneficial part of being an entrepreneur if you're willing to give up aspects of it to people who can help you because then you grow faster.
1: Yeah, well, you have to. When we started Van Loo and I, um, I didn't think I'd ever give up anything, not because I didn't want to because yeah. I was like, well, why would I pay someone to do the bookkeeping? Like I, I can I, do it. Yeah, I exactly. I can do that myself. Um, so slowly you grow and you can't hand do those everything. Off. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Is it difficult running a company with your brother?
1: Um, no. So it's it's myself, my brother Peter, yeah. and then Laura O'Neill. And Laura and I were married, but now we're just best friends. Okay. And Peter and I are brothers. So there's definitely um, there's
0: a lot going on there. Then <laughs> we
1: we we've bickered at times. Yeah. That's, but, I think, um,
0: understandable and expected.
1: But at the same time, because we're all family, um, we're so, yeah. like, dedicated to each other in a way that mm-hmm. um, we're always going to be there for each other. So it's kind of worth the bickering to have that bond.
0: I, It sounds incredibly like an amicable divorce, but in general, like a great head of companies, yeah. head of company. Um, what would you say your favorite characteristic is about yourself? when it comes to either personal life or the company you've built?
1: Um, favorite characteristic about myself. Um, I think that I'm really, I get really excited. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm like very passionate about food and just, it shows. feeling just good. And, yeah. um, I think that's why I've been able to start a business and we've been mm-hmm. successful so far. Um, because I'm, I'm not super, I'm decently organized, you know, definitely hardworking. But um, I think it's like my excitement and inquisitiveness and yep. wanting to learn about products and food and suppliers that um, has been really good. And I guess I like that about myself because I like being excited about yeah. things. It's fun.
0: It also sets you apart and I think sets the product apart because there's so much interest and care on the back end.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, the it, it, it's it's obsession. Like we yeah. are obsessed with every single aspect of what we do. You know, starting with the product, mm-hmm. um, because why would we? Um, I mean, one of my favorite like ways to think about it is like, why would you do anything in any way other than the best way? Like, yeah. there's only one way to do things; it's the best way, and um, for us, that just means using the best stuff.
0: I like that saying.
1: And on the um sort of giving up control thing, it's. I think running, regardless of what you're doing, whether you're running a business mm-hmm. or whether you are running a team, um, it's about figuring out, like, what you're good at and what other people might 100%. be better at.
0: Yeah, and I think that I'm okay with. So that I've been working on recently because it's, like, there. it got to a point, and then similar how you were saying, like, but I like doing my bookkeeping or I can do it rather than pay someone to do it. That's how it's always been with my company. But now it's getting to a point where I'm like, if I want to focus on the things that I'm good at and that I enjoy the most, I have to give up a certain aspect of the things that other people are good at and can help me with. And so, for instance, this show, like when I first started a podcast, it was my baby. And I was so excited by it. It was like the number one thing I was excited to do. And so I really wanted to know how to do every step of it. Like I knew that I could hire someone. We could record it. They could edit it. They could produce it, whatever, and pay X amount of money. But I, A, didn't want to spend all that money, but B, wanted to know the ins and outs of everything. So I bought all the equipment for the first 15 episodes or 18, maybe. I was recording in my apartment, um, doing it all through my computer, editing and all that. I eventually started using the studio, but was still editing on my own. And then I was like, this is taking me four hours plus to edit one episode that I don't ever want to be like a sound AV guru. That's not my Mm -hmm. goal in life. So if there are people out there that that is their goal and they're really good at it and they can do this in a tenth of the time, that's great time for me to then save. Mm -hmm. So now I have someone that helps me edit the show. But I think it's working smarter, not harder and figuring out like what Mm -hmm. parts am I good at, what parts do I want to do and who's better than me at other parts. Where do you see the company growing in the future? Like what would be your dream? Or are you living your dream?
1: Well, we want, let me think about how to answer this. Um, We are going to continue expanding our brick Mm -hmm. and mortars, so the Van Leeuwen scoop shops. And also expand wholesale. So right now um, we think we make, far and away the best dairy ice cream and mm-hmm. um, even more so the best vegan ice cream There's no question in the world, um, at least in, on any sort of scale. Mm-hmm. So we think everyone should have the opportunity to eat it and yep. it should be accessible to more people. Um, so we want it to be everywhere and we're working really hard to make it more accessible mm-hmm. by bringing the price down um, through yeah. logistical efficiencies, purchasing efficiencies, Um, packaging efficiencies, but never through sort of formulation or process efficiencies. That's great. So bring the price down while making the product even better. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's something that with, and I think it's changing now, but I think 20 years ago or even 15 years ago, is food companies sort of blew up. The quality would always go down. Yeah. Um, And we never wanted it to be like that. So um, ice cream is also unique in that um, as you scale up, the process, the industrial process of making ice cream mm-hmm. as you scale up is even better. In yeah, and it must be, product.
0: that's what I figure, and it must be l- less expensive.
1: <clears throat> the, yeah, the processing yeah. will be less expensive as you scale up. Um, so what's important in ice cream making is ingredients and formulation. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't want to change those as you scale up, yeah. but as the line of production gets yeah, bigger, you'll make that a better product and more.
0: If you had to choose a brand that is not your own, what would be your favorite ice cream brand?
1: Hmm. Um. Have you ever had Jenny's? Yeah, I've had Jenny's. So my, like that's the one comparable. Well, my favorite brand that's not my own because I've had really good ice cream in restaurants and stuff. Yeah, but yeah, that's, but like it's not this. So the one that is more readily available that's mm-hmm. not ours that I do. Um, that's it, my other favorite is Grom G R O M. Yeah. It's right near me. Um, yeah. So they have some shops in New York. shops. Yeah. I actually haven't ever there. been. Um, so they're, they're also using really, really good ingredients. Oh, they are. Okay. Um, but it's a gelato or yeah. Italian ice cream. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're using much less fat, um, no egg yolks and some stabilizers, but they're doing a really good job. Good job. Um, all right.
0: I, yeah. I, I have to go. I've always kind of felt like it was like a tourist spot, but maybe I'm wrong
1: um but yeah they they are the only other brand that is using exceptional ingredients um across the board okay so a lot of other brands that you know play in our mm-hmm. ultra premium or whatever we're calling it now artisanal ice cream arena yeah. are using a sprinkling of really good ingredients but and not from telling to really awesome stories mm-hmm. on Instagram but um <laughs> yeah. with any product you know whether it's ice cream or something else like We really dig in and we're like, wait, where's the chocolate from? But what about the cocoa powder? Mm -hmm. And is it all Sicilian pistachios? And wait, why is there natural strawberry flavor in there? Why aren't you just using Using strawberries? strawberries. Stuff
0: that like consumers don't think about, to be honest. Like most majority of consumers I don't think are thinking about that. But all consumers can taste that difference.
1: Exactly, yeah. And that's why that story, that sort of clean product story, obsessive sourcing, we have it there for our customers to learn about on the website. But it's not our sort of frontline marketing message. Exactly. Because you um, lose
0: people, to be honest.
1: Yeah. Not and, I, yeah and ice them, cream is generally, is like, yeah. you know, fun and an emotionally driven purchase. So we do it right not mm-hmm. to tell the story, but because it makes the product Yeah.
0: Better. No, ice cream is totally emotional. It's the way I celebrate. It's the way I'm sad. It's everything. It's awesome. I, before we close, I don't know if I told you... I. Maybe I told your brother this. I think I met your brother at a trade show like two years ago.
1: Cool. Expo West, probably.
0: Yes. Yeah. And I walked up to him and was like, I just need to express my love, whatever. I asked him why I couldn't get two flavors in a small and because that's like my biggest – I'm always begging them. And he's like, tell them I told you it's okay. I was like, okay, fine.
1: That was the answer?
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's what (laughs) he told me. Shouldn't
1: we have a really good response to that?
0: (laughs) Um, But we (laughs) – So I had an ice cream truck, the one that I talked about at the shore. When my husband proposed, we were at the beach and the ice cream truck surprised us and I was so excited.
1: Awesome.
0: So when we were getting married, I was like, we need to have an ice cream truck because I'm not a big, I like cake, but wedding cake is always kind of subpar. I didn't Mm -hmm. want to do the whole cake cutting process where everyone watched me and like the music stopped. So... I was like, we can do a cake because my mom's forcing me. We'll do it to the side. The music won't stop. No one will know Joe and I are cutting it. But I want the focus to be on like an ice cream. Mm -hmm. So I had called you guys and I had called Hoffman's, the place at the shore, but neither could get the distance to our wedding. So I kind of gave up on that idea. And I was like, whatever. At our wedding, we cut the cake and they were like, okay, now we have a surprise for you. And I was like, okay, what? And the door opened. It's at this like um, old campground in Port Jervis, New York. And- it was in a barn uh-huh. and the door opened and your guy's truck was there. And I lost my shit. Like, I think I sent you photos. I cried harder in that moment <gasps> than the entire wedding. Like, I am, there's videos of me bawling in front of the truck and everyone was like, is she okay? So my wedding planner and the two females who run the shop, no, not the shop, the um, venue, Cedar Lakes Estate, They had surpri- they had planned it and surprised us. And it was the highlight of my wedding. Oh, my gosh. So everyone was very pumped. And like there's photos of me dancing in like my white wedding gown with like your vegan dark chocolate like about (laughs) to spill all over my dress. I'm like, I don't care. It was last October. So just over a year ago.
1: Cool.
0: I'll send you the photos. I think I
1: remember the truck. Having to go really far. It away. was a far distance, yeah. like,
0: and I had begged. We, we on now the have phone.
1: a new fleet of trucks that can yeah, go so a very long distance.
0: I know that's why when you guys announced that, I was like, we wouldn't have had to beg so much; it would have just been possible. So, for anyone out there who's getting married in the local area and loves ice cream as much as I do, I highly recommend it was a crowd pleaser. Um, so, to close, what would be the three ways to your heart through food? And this isn't. This doesn't have to be your like quote unquote last meal, but it's like what hits you in that spot that makes you so happy. Right.
1: So um really good chocolate chip cookies with like very fancy chocolate.
0: Okay. Where's your favorite from in New um, York?
1: Well it used to be from Mast Brothers, but they closed the shop yeah. that made the cookies. But I loved those chocolate chip cookies. Okay. And then um so now where would my second favorite be? Gosh, I mean we're we're using ovenly cookies which are really good, but I like ones with um more dark chocolate, okay. Really, really dark people chocolate.
0: love the maman chocolate yeah, the, chip cookies, and upstairs, there's one upstairs. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm
1: just on an intermittent fasting now, so oh I my just God, started still? today. What time
0: yeah. is it? Wow, you started but, um, today, so, yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. And then, so, cho- really good chocolate chip yeah. cookies, um, hot chocolate or okay. in the summer, iced hot chocolate. Or uh, wait, iced what chocolate
0: that is a thing?
1: Well, like, so chocolate melted in water with maybe like a little bit of milk, like, really, really dark.
0: And do you make that or do you buy it? I just make it. I
1: use the Asconosi chocolate that okay. we have, or sometimes Michelle Clazel or sometimes Republic del Cacao, our newest chocolate supplier. Okay. Um, and then the third one would be a um, uh, sort of like pot de feu. Is that how you say it? The like French. I don't um, know stock cooked with different vegetables and fishes, or you can put anything you want in it. Yeah. Just served over rice with sourdough bread. It's like, and maybe that's because it's getting cold now. I'm excited. Yeah.
0: But like this, this type of meal that like literally warms and like sticks to your ribs.
1: Or actually, no, I I take it back. The third one is really, really good Indian food.
0: I fucking love love Indian food. Indian food. In London, Indian food is really good. Yeah. And we just went to Dishoom.
1: Huh. Wait, is that here? No, in London. I've heard of this.
0: It's really good. They have like a few um, locations in London. I would love for them to open in New York. It was the best Indian food I've ever had, and I can go to town. I love Indian.
1: It's so good. I try to not eat meat at all anymore. Yeah. Um, So Indian food is like to me the most satiating vegetarian food. I totally agree. It's so easy. Yeah.
0: Where's your favorite in New York?
1: Um, My favorite in New York is, I think to Pondicherry I really like. I want to go there. And then Vatan. So Never Vatan is that. all vegetarian. It's on, I think, 30th and Lex. No menu. Okay. But not, not no menu in a fancy way. They just don't have... Have a menu, yeah. Know, it's a set menu. Um, have you ever
0: been to Babuji?
1: I have been to Babuji, yeah.
0: Because I like their vegan... You can make it vegan, but... Um, Butternut squash, coconut curry.
1: Oh, it sounds great. It's really good. That. It's oh so gosh. delicious. I'm hungry now.
0: So that's I like some <laughs> I, I eat meat, but I like to eat meat if I know the background story yeah. of it all. So most of the time, it's meat that I'm cooking. So if I'm doing something like Indian, I'm typically sticking to vegetarian dishes, and that I think is one of my favorite huh, things awesome.
1: ever. That sounds so good. It's a little I went, pricey. Last for the weekend size, but we went to um. The Hindu Temple in Flushing, what? which has a big temple canteen that seats like hundred fifty people and screen menus, and they do doses. Um, wow! And it was awesome. It was really inexpensive um, and really like they. F- it was like a, in a way, the best fast food restaurant I've ever yeah. been to because the food came out within minutes and it was this incredible Southern Indian food with homemade Never coconut chutneys and really, really. Now cool I experience. want Indian food. Yeah.
0: Wow. Well, thank you so much for being on here. This was so much fun. I want everyone listening to go get some ice cream. If they can get it, some of yours. Get some ice cream. We have
1: a um, store locator on the website so you can see which supermarkets you can get our products at. They even tell you what flavors. And then if you're in New York or Los Angeles, come to the stores.
0: And- I love nothing more than when people post on their story and tag me. Like, was in New York, so had to try VL. And, like, of course, the classic, like, hand shot in your guy's shop. So continue to do that because it makes me really happy. Cool. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of Freckled Foodie and Friends. I thoroughly hope you enjoyed it. If you could be so kind, I would greatly appreciate a rate and or review on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcast. Currently, this one's available on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please subscribe to make sure you're up to date with new episodes coming at you every Friday morning. If once a week isn't enough of me, please follow along on my most active social channel, Instagram. Find me, my unedited videos, recipes, random rants, and info for all my other social channels on there, at Freckled Foodie.